You found the First Baptist Rockdale Midweek Podcast. Lean in and learn as we study God's Word together. Enjoy. So we are taking um, a few weeks right now and working through uh, what, what makes us unique, what makes you different than everyone else. Um, you might have an identical twin, but they're still different from you. You know, I, I've had some exposure to identical twins at various times in my life, and it's amazing how different identical twins are, right? Even from a distance, you, you can't tell them apart, right? And then you've got to find little, like, things to, 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 you know, trick yourself so you can tell them apart. But when you get to know them, they're totally different people. There's no one else on earth like you. I don't care how much of your DNA is similar. I don't care how uh, how, how, how many things that you look like someone else, you are uniquely you, and you are the only you this world is going to have. And so we need you to be the best version of you that God can have, right? Because God needs you to fully own what he's made you to be. Stop looking at other people and trying to be them and own the fact that God's made, God has made you, you, okay? And so we're all kind of unique in that way. Our mothers told us once upon a time we're special, and it's true, you are special, okay? Probably not in the way she was telling you, right? You're, you're probably not that special, but you are unique, and in God's kingdom, your uniqueness matters, and we need that to you. So we've taken a couple weeks already, we've looked at your spiritual gifting, what it is that, that, that God has gifted you through the power of the Holy Spirit to do. Um, I gave you a spiritual gift inventory or a survey, I don't know what they call that actual thing that I gave you. Um, if you still want one of those, I still have a small little pile of them. I give it to you. It's not science. It's not magic, but it may help you kind of pare down what God may have gifted you with um, in the spiritual gifting department. Then last week we looked at your passions. You know, God makes each of us with burning desires, passions, things that are important to us that may not be important to the person next to us. You know, I had a, um, I did a wedding for Braden Bird. Um, I don't know. It was about a year ago now. He's been married just over a year, I guess. Now they, they just did their one year anniversary. And uh, I was doing premarital counseling with Brayden and with Janae, and I didn't know what Brayden went to school for. And he told me he went to school for, I believe the degree was concrete sciences. Maybe it was concrete management. I don't know. Um, and I was like, that sounds terribly boring. Like, I couldn't think of a worse degree to have than studying concrete. Um, but he loved it, right? I mean, he, he, he's the sort of person who, who he can look at a curve and appreciate the curve, right? I look at the curve, and I'm like, oh, there's a curve, right? But he's looking at it, and he's thinking of it, and the, 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 the mixture, and the complexity, and everything in it, right? And that's just in a curve, much less in a massive foundation for skyscrapers and other things. Like, he loves it. He has a passion for that. There was something in him that was stirred by the study of that. It's weird, right, to normal people to care about concrete. Uh, I would assume most of y'all don't share the burning passion to appreciate concrete, right? But he does. He has, I mean, I may be overselling his love for concrete right now, but he's not here, right? So we can, we can, we can take a shot at it. But he loved it, right? It was something that he was interested in. We talked about concrete for like 15 minutes one time. And I'm doing premarital counseling, and I'm thinking, poor Janae, poor Janae. This is going to be some night they're going to be lying in bed talking about their future, and he's going to randomly start talking about I, I, I don't even know. Whatever they throw into concrete to make it better, right? There's names for all that stuff. I can't think of it off the top of my head, right? But, but well, you have passions. And those passions, oftentimes your passions, they're just how God made you, 
He made you to care about some things and not to care about other things. It doesn't make you a bad person, but you don't care about the same thing I care about. It just makes you, you and me, me. So we've talked about your spiritual gifts, your passions. Today we're going to look at something else that's very similar to spiritual gifts. It's your abilities. It's your talents. It's the things that come naturally easy for you. You know, we all have different things that are easier for us than other people. I don't know what it is for you, but I am a naturally good learner just of like information. You sit me in a classroom and someone starts talking to me, so long as I can talk back to them, I can learn. doesn't matter really. I haven't found a subject yet that I can't learn by being an annoying person in a classroom. Now, I do have to participate actively and I have to ask questions and I have to have a dialogue with the teacher, but I retain tons of information that way. It is the best way for me to learn. Right, other people, they don't do that. My wife, we were in the same college classes together. She got better grades. That's not a big deal, though. But we were in the same college classes together, and I would be sitting there, and I'd have my notebook to take notes, and I would just be sitting there watching the teacher talk while my wife is writing essays. I mean, she would have 20 pages of notes after an hour and a half lecture, and then she would look at what I wrote, and it'd be like a, a picture of a horse, right? Because that's, like, that was all the notes I needed. Right? I'm just keeping my hand busy so that my mind doesn't check out with what the teacher is doing. Right? But, but we're different in that way. We all have different abilities. And your abilities, that's special about you. Right? When you're living in this world, when you're serving for Jesus Christ, to find a way to use your natural giftedness, your natural ability, your God-given talents, and to use those for the glory of God, that is what we're supposed to be about. But to do that... You have to begin to recognize that those things matter. Your abilities, the things that no one else really seems to value, matter. And so today we're going to look at a passage of scripture that you have not spent much time in. I feel confident in saying this. It's in the book of 2 Chronicles. Okay, 2 Chronicles is in the part of your Bible that's still kind of crinkly, right? Like the pages are still kind of foiled together. They haven't been split open yet to break the beautiful foil on the edge of it. Right? It's a part of your Bible we don't get to very much. It's a, it's a crunchy part of the Bible. Second Chronicles, we're at the, near the end of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 34. Chronicles is a terribly difficult book to read if you're reading through the Bible because it comes after Samuel and Kings. So you have First and Second Samuel, which talks about David and Saul and all of that right there. And then you get First and Second Kings, which talks about everyone else. And then you get First and Second Chronicles, and it just goes back and talks about everything that's already been covered. And so as you're reading Second Chronicles, you're like, I feel like I've read a lot of this before. And it's very scripted, programmatic at times. You know, King Asa come, came to power. He was this many years old. He ruled for this many years. He ruled in the same way of his father or of his grandfather, whether he was good or bad. He did this one little thing that was interesting and then his son became king. It's almost like a genealogy, except it takes chapters to get through. I mean, it takes 30 pages of text to get through the list of the kings. Chronicles is a tough book. So if you're reading through the Bible, by the way, if you're on an annual reading through the Bible plan, you're probably getting into Leviticus right now. It's a high five. Stick to it. You can do it. I believe in you. Push through. It's okay. I'm doing a, a chronological Bible reading right now. And so like I was reading the other day and I was in... Um, in numbers, uh, I, I, I'm actually like a month ahead because I, I start in December, but that's neither here nor there. But, but I was in numbers, and then all of a sudden it took me to like a Psalms because Moses wrote a Psalm, Psalm 90s of Moses. 
I kind of like that. It was just kind of a break. I'm like, oh, something other than numbers, right? It's kind of nice. So, um, but if you're, if you're in there, uh, it's good for you to take some time to read God's word, but there are some parts that are harder than others. So if you're in Leviticus right now, if you're on that annual Bible reading plan, God bless you, stay in it, guys. It, it gets, numbers is better, okay? It's just around the corner, and Deuteronomy is actually, so just, just hold on. There's better days ahead for you. But here we're in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. I hope you're there. It's, uh, it's I don't know, it's, it's I don't know, after Kings and Chronicles, and then you get over there. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. We're going to be reading just a couple verses. Um, and what's going on right now is um, King Josiah has come to power. Josiah was a young king when he took power. I believe uh, he was like eight years old when he became king or something like that, um, which tells you that there's something going on when an eight-year-old gets to be the leader of the not-free world, right? Because Israel probably wasn't a free world organizations like but he became king and he was a good godly king and in the course of his um time um the law the 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 deuteronomical law was rediscovered in the temple so like it had been growing dust on a warehouse shelf somewhere deep in the temple and some priest went back there and was cleaning up and then he looked at and he's like oh my goodness here's the law and he took it to josiah and he read it to josiah and josiah is like We've been doing pretty bad. We've been doing pretty bad. And so Josiah makes a number of reforms, and part of it is to take the broken down temple and to begin to fix it back up. And that's where we are, 1 Chronicles chapter 34, in verse 10. And it says, And they gave it to the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord. And the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord gave it for repairing and restoring the house. This is money that was given to them. They gave it to the carpenters and the builders to buy quarried stone and timber for binders and beams for the buildings that the kings of Judah had let go to ruin. And the men did the work faithfully. Over them were set Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites uh, of the sons of Merari and Zechariah, and Meshullam of the sons of the Kohathites to have oversight. The Levites, all who were skillful with instruments and music, were over the burden bearers, and directed all who did work in every kind of service. And some of the Levites were scribes and officials and gatekeepers. So what's going on is the temple is being refurbished. Money's coming in from various places. But we get these lists of these like really obscure biblical characters. I don't know if you've ever played like a real Bible trivia game. By the way, the only real Bible trivia game has a rainbow that you have to go up and down three times. Any other Bible trivia game is a knockoff, okay? So I don't know which one you got. But the one with the rainbow, that's the real deal. It's a hard one, too, because they ask church history questions like, what's the apostolic sign of Peter, right? And you're like, I don't know. It has something to do with keys, by the way. If you ever get that question, it has something to do with keys, okay? Um, but not, it's not even Bible trivia. When I play this with my wife, she'll stump me on those questions. And I'm like, that doesn't count. That's not even in the Bible. And then she's like, well, whatever, you're a preacher. And then she moves on to the next question, right? Um, but, but if, if you're ever in Bible trivia, these names like Basholam and, and this Zechariah that's in here, like these are bit characters in the story of the Bible. But each of these people, the reason they're mentioned, the reason their names are held forever, like this book won't pass away, right? Heaven will pass away. The reason their names will always be recorded in a positive manner, how wonderful is that if your name is recorded positively forever, is because they had special talents that mattered, right? They, they had abilities that mattered. They were, they were overseers. They were people who were skillful in, in all sorts of workmanship. When the temple was made back in Exodus, you, you're introduced to these like silversmiths and 
uh, people who are good with working uh, tapestries and stuff, these, these curtain makers. And these people's names are recorded in Scripture because they have abilities that God had blessed them with. And God said, go to these people to accomplish these things. Because these people will do those things. Right? These are the best people in the world. I have blessed them with this talent. Use them for them, this talent. All of these people were recruited to work on the temple. The temple was a mess, obviously. It says that the, 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 the buildings around the temple had gone into ruins because the kings of Judah had to let that happen, right? Kings of Judah were hit and miss depending on the, the, the generation that was going on. And there was a pretty rough season that they had just gone through before Josiah. And so the, the temple was in a, in a messy place, terrible disrepair, and they spent tons of money renting, but God used specific people who had specific manual talents to do something that glorified him. Right? He found people who had physical talents and used those physical talents to glorify him. There's a couple things that we can get from this. First thing is, um, everybody has abilities, and so you have to discover what your abilities are, right? If Zechariah had come, if they'd come to him, like, hey, Zechariah, can you go take care of this project? And he'd been like, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm good enough to do that. I don't know if I have that talent. Right? I haven't really explored my talents enough to know if that's really what God wants me to do. I think about Moses, right? God tells Moses, go, go to Pharaoh, speak to Pharaoh, tell him to bring the people. You're going to take the people out. And then Moses is like, yeah, I'm not so good with the words. And God's like, I, I, I told you, do this thing. Why aren't you going and doing this thing? And he's like, you know, I'd really feel better if someone else did the talking. God's like, okay, fine, idiot, fine. Your brother will talk for you. You're worthless, right? Like well, Moses had the ability to be a wonderful public speaker. You know, I know this because God identified him as a public speaker. But Moses was cowardly. He had never practiced it. He was worried about what other people would think about the fact that he stuttered a little bit. Right? He, he had concerns about it. And so he refused to obey the word of the Lord. He didn't do what God had called him to do. In the book of Judges, we have a man, a judge by the name of Barak. Um, or Barak, I don't know, whatever. But you got this guy, and he's supposed to go and lead them out to win this mighty battle. Philistines probably. It's always the Philistines and Judges. So I assume it's the Philistines that he's fighting against. And then he looks around, and God's like, go, take the people off. And he's like, yeah, I don't know about this, God. I'd feel a lot better if that lady came with me. He's pointing over at Deborah. And God's like, oh, you're such an idiot. Fine, let the lady go. But you know what? When y'all win, she gets all the credit because you're a loser. Right? And so Deborah, when you talk about judges of Israel, like Deborah and Barak, like he's like Robin, like Batman and Robin. It's Deborah and Barak, right? Because he's just, he's just the guy who refused to listen to what God wanted him to do. Guys, you have special abilities, but a lot of us, we have no idea what those are. Right? You, because we haven't explored those enough. I was talking to my secretary today. And this, she just randomly blurted out, I wasn't really discussing what I was going to be talking about tonight. She's like, I'm still looking for what I'm good at. Right? She's 70 years old. I, I don't really know how old Carolyn is. She's 70, I think, though, if, if she's a day, okay? Um, and so um, she's like, I don't even know what I'm good at. I'm like, I'm like, Carolyn, you are 70 years old. There is no excuse for you to not have explored yourself enough to find out what you're better than other people at. And then she threw it at me because I've been working with her for five years. She's like, well, what, what, what am I good at, Matt? And I'm like, 
you're good at keeping people out of my office. I don't want in my office, Carolyn. I said, if there was 100 secretaries out here, you'd be in the top 10% of keeping people out of my office that I don't want in there. Because she knows when they come in and they're like, is the preacher here? She's like, what do you need? <laughs> right? I'm going to size you up before I send you through the door into the Holy of Holies over there with the preacher, right? Before you get in there, let's see what, what your problem is. And like, well, I'm selling such that. She's like, get out of here. Right? I don't want to buy anything from you. We had someone come in this week trying to sell. I don't even know what he's trying to sell. She's like, get out of here. That uh, was insurance, Globe Life Insurance, door-to-door insurance salesman at a church. Weird gig. She's like, get out of here. I don't want you in here. I'm like, good job, Carolyn, right? Because I didn't want to spend 20 minutes with those people while they pitch me insurance that I'm not going to buy, right? But, but she has no idea what she's exceptional at, what God has blessed her with. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that every person has special abilities that they're better than the average at. Now, maybe you've discovered some of those. Maybe you've, throughout your time on this world, you said, man, I put my hands on something and I'm better at it. Some people have a, a, a natural ability to do things with their hands. Right? I think about Billy Gray. I love Billy because he fixes my car after I break it. Right? But Billy Gray has trained himself and it is just natural for him. He can look at my car and then he looks at me and he shakes his head in disgust. And then he fixes what I broke. Right? Right? Like, like, like he, just, he just fixes the thing. Like, and, I, and I would spend 10 times longer watching YouTube videos and screwing it up than he can take care of it just, just in an instant. Because right? he has an ability inside of him. Some of it's a physical thing. You can work with tools. You can look at problems and you can fix it. You just are good at that thing. Some of it's other things like cooking. Like, like some people love to cook. You know what? I actually like to cook. I don't like to bake. That's kind of girly. But I like to cook, right? Grill or cook. I enjoy those things. Baking is girly, Bill. I got three men who like to bake in here? You don't like to bake, do you, Johnny? Thank you, Johnny. Okay. We were going we to work on un, un, unordaining someone right now. It was going to be the first unordination service, right? <laughs> Back on the market. No, uh, like I just don't, I, I don't enjoy baking, but I like cooking. Baking is more science, by the way. Cooking is more art, right? Baking, if you put too much of something in, it's ruined, right? Your bread won't rise, your cake will taste like salt, whatever, right? Cooking, you put too much of something in, you're like, just going to make a bigger pot, <laughs> right? Just toss a few more things and everything's going to work out, right? But some, some people are just naturally good at cooking, at baking, at putting things together, right? They just have a natural gift. Some people are musically inclined. They are blessed with musical. It says the Levites in here. The Levites, we were all blessed. They have natural abilities. But you have to discover what those abilities are. And how do you discover that? You do things. Do things outside of your comfort zone for a little while and then find out, man, I'm terrible at that. I thought I'd be bad at it. I didn't think I'd be that bad. And then don't do that anymore. And then do something else outside of your comfort zone. And then you may find out, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. I have a natural ability to relate to this people group or to, to, to do this sort of project. Or all of a sudden, I'm really good at knitting. Like, I don't know. I've never tried to knit. Maybe I'm the world's best knitter, right? But I don't know because I haven't put my needles. Needles, right, for knitting. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte could teach me because she makes them scarf things. Is it a scarf? Is that the appropriate term for that? I don't want to. Okay, good enough. Good. <laughs> Right? right? Maybe I'm a great knitter. I have no idea. Because I've never done that. But you have abilities. Maybe you haven't explored enough. So, so get outside of yourself and explore your abilities because God has made you special 
to do things. And you know what? Every ability that God has given you is intended to be used for his glory. For his glory, for his purpose. So if you're like crazy super athletic, and as I look across this room, it's probably not us. Let's be fair. Right? But maybe you are crazy super athletic, or maybe you were 40 pounds ago. Okay? Bill? So, but, right, maybe you were, right, right, that can be used for the glory of God, or your musical talent can be used for the glory of God, your artistic ability, your physical skills, like, all of those things can be used for the glory of God. You know, there are people who are cutting down timber to rebuild the temple, and those people are used for the glory of God. The people who cut the beams that, may, that are formed to put into here are being used for the glory of God. Every Sunday, people appreciate that work. It's a wonderful gift that people have. Use your abilities to glorify God. Improve your abilities. When you find something you're good at, something you have an aptitude for, get better at it. Right? Don't be satisfied with being pretty good. Work at it. Work to get better. Work to sharpen your skills. There's no one who's the best at anything or who's truly exceptional at anything who just naturally became 100% better than everyone else. Michael Jordan, best basketball player, I believe, in, in, in history. You could argue a couple other people if you really want to get an argument there. Michael Jordan, you know why he's a really good basketball player? He worked really hard. He was gifted. He had natural athleticism gifting. God had blessed him with abilities that I do not have. Some people have this ability to float. It's a real thing. Go watch basketball players. They'll jump, and when I'm coming down, they're just hovering. Caleb McDuffie, our last youth pastor here, he could float. I'd play basketball against him when I was thinner and younger in Kingwood. And I'd have him, and he would jump, and then he would just be like, Woo! How do you do that? He's like, I don't know. He has a natural athletic ability. It's a weird thing. I don't understand it. Gravity should work on all of us the same way. But it doesn't. I don't understand it. Science. Go figure, right? right? But some people are just naturally gifted, or maybe they figured out how to jump in a way that I don't understand. But regardless of that, Right? You have a natural ability, but you have to improve on it. You can't just settle for what you have. So if you're the world's greatest knitter, or if you're Rockdale's greatest knitter, right, you can keep working on harder stitches or whatever. That, I don't even know. Turns. I have no idea. All this to say, guys. Well, no, I'm not going to get there. Okay. Work on your skills. If you're musically inclined, doc, if you're musically inclined, right, don't just settle for the fact you're like, oh, I'm good enough. I can play with... Crash land, right, right? Improve your skills. Work on your skills. Hone your skills. Sharpen your You've been doing it for 60-ish years. Right? I probably didn't do it at two, but regardless. Right? Like you've been working to get better. Working, practicing. Paul was in here today singing, right? right? Working on his craft. Working on his skills. Because God has given him a gift. And you don't just settle for being the, the base level average that God has made you. You want to be the best version of you that God has made you. And then you take those skills that you've honed, that God has blessed you with, and you use them. You find a way to use them for God's glory. You know, my last church, um, we had a thing that we did, I don't know, it was about four times a year, I guess. We had a, a small group of guys who liked cars. They liked working on cars and fixing cars and just regular car stuff. Um, and they would get together, and they would work on each other's cars, and whatever. That was their thing. Um, I wasn't a part of that group, okay? So, just so you know. But they would, they would do a thing where they would take their gift that they worked on and honed and practiced in their own garages, and then every quarter, 
they would invite single mothers to come to the church and they would they would give their car a once over change the oil and make sure everything's in, in running order like free of charge they bought the oil supplied the oil supplied the filters took care of all of it why did they do that because god had blessed them with an ability they had worked to make their ability better and so when they opened the hood of this lady's you know honda odyssey or whatever minivan she was driving to carry all the kids around like that they knew what they were looking at they knew what they were looking for to see if there were serious problems that she needed to get fixed fixed and they knew how to get the oil changed up quick so she could get on the road and feel comfortable when she left that her car wasn't going to give her problems in, in in the next you know few hundred miles right they, they gave it a once over they used something that isn't really thought of as a spiritual like a churchy gift the, the gift of auto mechanicing right is is not is not a not a spiritual gift it's just an ability that they had but they used it to glorify god and so those ladies would come and then their wives the the, the whatever car guys wives would host the ladies inside while they were getting their oil changed and they'd have a little area for them to sit and talk and they would just small talk it up but it was an opportunity for those wives to connect with that single mom so that she knew there was a church that loved her and cared for her and that there were these women who she could reach out to if she needed and that her car was being maintained by these guys who knew what they were doing and they take an ability that isn't necessarily naturally churchy like singing we've incorporated into church we understand how to use singers in a church environment teaching we understand how to take teachers and use them in a church environment but you may have a skill and say well i don't know how to use that for god's glory there's a way so we have to be creative about what that looks like but god has given you gifts he's equipped you with things that no one else has been equipped with those people that were listed in chronicles the people who god used in exodus to put the tabernacle together so that it would be um, just the way god said it would be god ordained those people physical craftsmen tradespeople, to do a job because they were the people god had set out to do it he made them to do it you've been made to do something you've been created to do something it's great if your nine to five job can be inside of your gifting by the way it's still a wonderful thing right like if you're if you i don't i think about billy like he's a mechanic i don't know if he loves it or not but but he's good at his natural form it's great if your nine to five job can be inside of your gifting it can't always be there sometimes your nine to five job is just let's get the bills paid so we can move on but inside of the church there's a place for your abilities to be used if you don't know how to do that, if you don't know how to take your abilities and use them in the church, I would love to help you with that. It would be my pleasure, my honor, my joy to think creatively with you about how you can do it. I had someone approach me about paper crafting at the church. I have no idea how to paper craft, but Charlotte does, right? right? I have no idea how to do that, but, but we talked about creative ways to take this thing that she has a, a, an ability to do and supplies to do and to use that to impact people use that to connect people to jesus christ think creatively about what god has made you to do because you are specially you and those abilities that you have they're not accidents it's not fate it's not some some random occurrence that happened due to due to the sign you were born under god made you with special talents and abilities don't bury them use them his glory you know it says and uh, i don't want to get the book wrong paul writes right whatever you do right, whatever you do whether you eat or you drink do it all for the glory 
of God. Whatever you do, whatever it is you find yourself doing, do it for the glory of God. Your gifts, your abilities, your talents, they can be used for the glory of God. Discover them, sharpen them, use them. We need them. Let me pray.